welcome to Not Man Enough Podcast. What's, What's up? up? <laughs> we said that at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that's at the same time. yeah, that was that Jeez, was awkward. You owe me a coke. <laughs> your cokes yeah. have as many as you want uh, a lot funnier on video <laughs> <laughs> definitely not in our kitchen right now <laughs> yeah no. we're in the high quality studio of hey, give me one too like when was this trailer made in the oh wow that should have been an advertisement yeah oh thank you um yeah, so we're we're definitely not in an old trailer. <laughs> no recording. No, <laughs> we're in a high hey, dollar only, studio. It we're only has a in couple. a high rise. Look at this view right now. <laughs> oh, let me. Only yeah. has a couple leaks. Yeah. <laughs> only, only a few. Um, yeah. Wow, that's not anything. <laughs> Going to talk about? Hey, um, you trashing on my place right now? Hey, man. Yep. We all got to start well, somewhere. Our place. Yeah. Um. Okay, so yeah, welcome to Not Man Enough Podcast. Uh, we are going to be talking about um, a subject that I think is misunderstood, misapplied quite a bit, um, and so we're going to talk about it, um, and that's the understanding of the weaker brother, and I know that we all kind of have thoughts on this. We've talked about this before. I thought it'd be a good one. Um. I don't know that this is necessarily geared just towards men, but it it is something that men deal with um, because a misunderstanding of this uh, causes us to be judgmental. When we're judgmental, we look down on our brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, and so we want to speak to that um, and talk about the what we believe is the proper way to view it um, that it's balanced. It's not one-sided in a sense, and seems like there's always a view of it that <clears throat> seems to be skewed to one end and not the other. So let's let's get into it. Um, first off, how was how's y'all's week been? Before we get into the subject, good. Uh, yeah, just working and uh, a little tired, but you know that's as a man should be. Nothing new. I yeah. was going to say the same thing. Yeah, me too. Lots of work. Very tired. <laughs> yeah, I'm exhausted too. So this is going to be a really good show. <laughs> yeah, yeah we're, we're all like dead tired. I was telling them earlier, like tired as in like I stopped at a green light earlier and uh, went and got some food. And as I like ordered it, I just walked off and like had said my total. When I was yeah. like 15 feet away from him. And I was like, oh, yeah. It was kind of odd though. He handed me some of the stuff first it was just weird i don't know man you you stopped at a green light i just ran all the red lights <laughs> <laughs> in a semi disaster was left in his way <laughs> yeah no i'm kidding um yeah so uh the reason why i'm going to talk about this is because we read the scriptures and y'all have references pulled up right please tell me your references scripture references yeah, anyone one that's, that's all we need. Same. That's yeah, all we need. We just need one. some scripture. Okay. So I got some um, Hebrew references. <laughs> it some, says some somewhere. He, some Hebrew or Hebrew? Some Hebrew. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 just say it exactly. Hebrew. I don't even know. Oh, yeah. What, 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 it was said somewhere. That was what I was going to say. Okay. Yeah. yeah um. It's whatever. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go to the original languages and uh, no, not really. Um, so the reason why we're tackling this and what I meant when I said earlier that it's skewed to one side is um, we read the verses about, you know, trying to be considerate of the weaker brother and we should be. We're definitely going to confirm that. Um, we're not fighting against that idea, obviously, that scripture. Um, but it has a specific place in the rest of that passage yeah so it's not the only thing that's said there and so many times um people use that as an excuse to rule other men's consciences and there's a balance there in scripture so that's what we're looking for is what does scripture say about both sides of this um i guess if i had to kind of just give a uh, 
kind of a summary of what we're going to talk about is who is the weaker brother? Who would be considered a weaker brother? Um, and then how how should we actually think of someone who is actually a weaker brother? But um, not everybody is a weaker brother. Yeah. That's the key here because some people will take conscience issues and say, oh, look at this scripture. It says that if I have a problem with it, you shouldn't be. And it's like, no, you don't rule the other person's conscience because not you're not a weaker brother. You know good and well the gospel. You're a strong Christian. <laughs> you just have a preference. Um, but anyway, so let's let's get into scripture. Um, I think y'all had Romans 14 pulled up. Yep. One of y'all. Um, and that's a good one. So read read the whole thing to um, get the whole grasp here. The whole chapter? I don't know about the whole chapter, but... I mean, the whole... Actually, the whole chapter applies. So I'm going to read the whole chapter. Yeah, just read the whole chapter. Okay, yep. yep, go for it. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. Just kind of talk about that. One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats. Stop right there. Okay. Remember that. Yep. <laughs> That's key. Okay. It goes, there's there's two people. He's correcting both sides right there. Yep. Keep going. So, Sorry. So neither yes. are, are to cast judgment on the other. Why? For God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld. For the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God. While the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then... Whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be a Lord both of the dead and of the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it unclean. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. By what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. So do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Do not for the sake of food destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. It is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. The faith that you have you have keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats because the eating is not from faith. For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. Okay. <clears throat> so there we have it. Um, yeah. So there's other references in the New Testament. I'm, and I'm going to go to First uh, Corinthians nine um, here in a minute. But for now, um, so yeah, so remember that the key thing that you said at the beginning was not to pass judgment on the one who eats and drinks, and for the one who doesn't, for that person not to pass judgment on them. So it goes both ways, right? We shouldn't look at men that have convictions that we don't, that have conscience issues um, with certain things and judge them and say, well, why wouldn't they do that? They have freedom in Christ. Um, at the same time, they're not supposed to look at us 
who would eat or drink. I would say us, like I do everything out there or something. <laughs> um, it's just, um, but, and. One side's not supposed to judge the other. Yeah, it goes both ways. As a matter of fact, um, do not let eating or drinking, you know, get in the way of, you know, um, unity or making your brother stumble. That can go both ways. And and al- and food is the example and drink in the Bible. Al- and keeping alcohol, the days. Yeah. Al- and keeping the days. Alcohol is a really common example. But this can go to, you know, music, TV shows, yes. you know, whatever you know, you name it. Yeah. Clothes okay. you wear. Literally. Anything. Okay. Yeah. So, so who's the weaker brother here? And now, and, and some references in the scripture, it talks about someone who's weaker in the faith. Okay. Um, I'm not saying that everybody who has a conviction is weak in the faith. Okay. That doesn't line up with another person's. Um, there might be wisdom in some of it, but there is instances where a weaker brother and I think that's what he's getting at here um, is the weaker brother is someone who is not um, as grounded in the faith and is actually kind of shaky here. Right. Otherwise, why would he not? Why is he called the weaker brother? Right. And so when he talks about putting a stumbling block or destroying your, your brother in Christ over food and drink. So um, not everyone qualifies as the weaker brother, just because they have a different conviction. Do do we agree on that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's clear. Okay. So that clears a lot of things up because there are some that are very strong in the faith that have higher convictions and I say higher different convictions and standings on certain things than other people, um, other brothers and sisters in Christ. And they think that, they can pass judgment on those other people or hold it against them um, because they don't do what they do. Um, but the thing that they're trying to imply is that they are a weaker brother. In a sense. Um, There's a difference between... Um, there are some who have different convictions and maybe me or you, but they're not going to be grieved by our different convictions. It's talking about those who are grieved um, you know, and causing them to stumble. So, you know. Okay, so. There is a difference there. Yeah, so we have freedom in Christ not to do anything we want. Obviously, there's blatant sin in Scripture that we stay away from. But we are allowed to eat and drink as we like. Um, We're allowed to have uh, freedom in Christ and to let our convictions um, that we see in Scripture stand and our conscience Uh, stand if we can do things in faith that is the ruling factor can we have a good conscience in faith and still do these things and if you can't then you don't need to do it because you're not fully convinced he says you need to be fully convinced and you need to be fully convinced in scripture um so uh your your christian liberty is limited um in the sense that for someone who is struggling and someone who does have um, issues um, with things is to honor those things while you're around them. So in other words, let's, let's use alcohol because that's just the easy, the one. easy one, right? You have a guy that came out of alcoholism that's been converted. He's a Christian now and you go out to eat with him and he doesn't want to see Alcohol doesn't want to be around it because it reminds him of his old life. And it even, he fears that it even might be a temptation for him to go back into drunkenness, right? It would be unloving, according to Paul here, for you, because you have freedom in Christ, to, to order alcoholic beverages and put it right in front of his face and drink it in front of him. When you know good and well that he has struggled through that and that that's something that he would rather not be around. Okay. We are limited in that sense where we're not limited by that is, um, what we do when we're not around that person. 
In other words, just yep. because he has an issue with it, well, I can honor that when I'm with him. But when I remove myself from being around him, I'm at the house or something, I could enjoy a drink. Yeah. But even even then, I would say a good thing of dealing with conscience is you're still limited. Even even the guy who, you know, says, yeah. okay, well, I don't have a problem with drinking. Like, you're still limited with, well, you're commanded not to be a drunkard. <coughs> or the guy who says, you know, using the context here of, you know, all food is unclean. Well, you're still limited with, uh, you know, you're commanded not to be a glutton. So it's like right. you're you're still limited in a sense of, you know, the blatant sins. Right. Of, of, and that's what I think separates a conscience issue from. Oh, no, there's there's yeah. definite sins. Drunkenness is a sin. But if someone's not getting drunk and they enjoy a bourbon yeah. or a beer here and there, we have no right to condemn that person. That's what Paul's saying here. Yeah. Um, he says, for if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. Um, and that is true. Um, but there's something that I think that, uh, that I think is really good that he says, he says this, in uh, 1422, the faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. That's the key right there. The faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. In other words, the faith that I have and the freedom in Christ, that I, things that I can eat and drink and freedom don't blast it in front of people that you know it could cause harm. Does that make sense? Are, yep. we, are we agreed on that? So oh, basically yeah. don't go around your church and be like, man, and like the first thing you say to everybody is like, my favorite beer <laughs> right. is Anheuser-Busch products. <laughs> man, that actually... Uh, um, that is offensive. Yeah, yeah it would be... Uh, <laughs> I know it says not to judge, but um, <laughs> yeah, no I think that's that's going beyond conscience here. So, um, and not even for the political reasons, <laughs> right? Um, it's, it's just because it sucks. <laughs> it's just because. So, it's trash. okay. So here's the thing: as Paul talks about, if you go to First Corinthians nine, and how we should view this thing is First um, Corinthians nine. Paul talks about surrendering his rights for the four fellow, you know, to, to bring people in by the gospel. And so he doesn't want to disqualify the gospel. And what he means by that is he doesn't disqualify the gospel um, by becoming, this is the famous uh, chapter where he says, I become all things to all men, right? Like, yeah. I, for those who keep the law, I become the person that keeps the law to the ones who, you know, don't have the law. I become a person that doesn't have the law, like as in the ceremonial and stuff like that. Right. So he, he is saying, um, that his, the way that he acts in, in front of people, um, the way that he treats people is he does limit his, his rights in Christ. He limits them for the sake of the gospel. Um, let me see here. I'm looking it up. I think I'm in the wrong chapter. That <laughs> might help. That would that would help if you're in the right chapter. <laughs> He's like, I ain't even in the right book. <laughs> I'm not even in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I meant. I realized when I said book, I'm like, oh wait, that doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He's reading first Peter. He's oh, like, here it says Paul. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not that bad. I am tired, but not that tired. Okay, so uh first Corinthians nine. This is what Paul says. <laughs> am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Or not? Are not you my workmanship in the Lord? If to others I am not an apostle, at least I am to you, for you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. This is my defense to those who would examine me. Do we not have the right to eat and drink? 
Do we not have the right to take along a believing wife, as do the other apostles and brothers of the Lord and Cephas? Or is it only Barnabas and I who have no right to refrain from working for a living, who serves as a soldier at his own expense, who plants a vineyard without eating any of its fruit, or who tends a flock without getting some of the milk? Do I say these things on human authority? Does not the law say the same? For it is written in the law of Moses, you shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain. Is it for oxen that God is concerned? Does he not certainly speak for our sake? It was written for our sake because the plowman should plow in hope and the thresher thresh in hope for sharing in the crop. If we have sown spiritual things among you, is it too much if we reap material things from you? If others share this rightful claim on you, do not we even more? Nevertheless, we have not made use of this right. So, so far what Paul is saying is like, we have a right to get paid. <laughs> like without having to work or, or, you know, all these jobs to survive, um, we should be able to eat and do ministry. Um, but we don't even make use of this right. Why? Why do we, do we not? This is what he says. We have not made use of this right, but we endure anything rather than put an obstacle in the way of the gospel of Christ. Do you not know that those who are employed in the temple service get their food from the temple and those who serve at the altar share in the sacrificial offerings? In the same way, the Lord commanded that those who proclaim the gospel should get their living by the gospel. But I have made no use of any of these rights, nor am I writing these things to secure any such provision, for I would rather die than have anyone deprive me of my ground for boasting. For if I preach the gospel, that gives me no ground for boasting. For necessity is laid upon me. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. For if I do this of my own will, I have a reward. But if not of my own will, I am still entrusted with the stewardship. What then is my steward? What then is my reward? I'm sorry. Um, that in my preaching I may present the gospel free of charge, so as not to make full use of my right in the gospel. For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. To the Jew I become as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I may share with them in its blessings. Okay, one of the most misunderstood scriptures <laughs> in all of scripture in my opinion, is this next part. This is why Paul says what he's about to say. Notice he's saying, I don't want to put an obstacle in the way of the gospel. So anything I have to give up in front of people when I'm around them, depending on who it is, I will do it for the sake of the gospel. So this is what he says to sum it all up. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run but only one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Paul there is not making a comment about losing his salvation. <laughs> um, he's not making a comment about, oh, well, if I don't abide by the rules, I'm not going to make it. I'm going to be disqualified. He's talking about his gospel being disqualified. Hands down. The, the, the imperishable wreath that he's talking about, but we an imperishable, I think he's talking about souls that he's winning. Yeah, other people, like when when athletes in this world win over, uh, when, when, you know, an event, they win a perishable wreath, but we win over souls, which are imperishable. So as a matter of fact, you can actually go through Paul's writings. And sometimes when he talks about 
the reward and you are my, you know, my crown of glory. He's speaking to believers. Um, anyway, that's a little bit off subject. But Paul's basically saying that, and, and I always use this as an example. Maybe it's a dumb example, but I'll use it. What Paul's basically saying here is not that he can't drink ever or do any of these things ever. What he's saying is, is when it comes to the gospel, um, the example I like to use is if you went to a Muslim country and you were going to preach on the corner in this Muslim country and start preaching the gospel to people and you go and you invite them over to your house to, to you know, give them the gospel on a more personal level, would you serve pork? Would you put pork out for everybody to eat? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, none of us would, right? Yeah, I would yeah. hope not. Um, you would bring offense to them before you could even get them to consider, to even listen, because they don't think you care about them. They wouldn't even think that you honor what they believe at all or, or like, well, honor. I mean, obviously, I have a false, uh, whatever. You know what I mean? Um but on you, on your family—it's all I could think about. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. Me and Matt, dude. Yeah. Well, that's nice for y'all. I'm sorry, that's, that's all, all right. I could think about. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, man, I'm losing my thought process. Thanks for that. Um, I'm sorry. Well, I think I think what you're getting at—he even hits on Romans, and he's in 19. He says, so then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Right. It's like, so you're pursued in the not judging one another with whether the weaker or stronger, you know, whichever reference you want to use, whoever has the conscience issue here is you want to pursue everything, whichever side you're on for the mutual upbuilding of the other That's right. believer. Yes. So your your yeah. Christian freedom is is limited to not here here's the difference. Here's what I'm trying to get at. Is what I say is it's one-sided is like everybody thinks that you always have to bow to the whims of everyone in the church. In other words, well, I somebody says, "Well, I don't drink alcohol, so you shouldn't." Yeah. Okay. That's not what he's actually that person would be corrected by Paul in what we just read. Because Paul says, no, you shouldn't judge the people that do eat and drink. He's well, telling it's both people. It's one thing if they just state, I don't drink. It's well, a, I know. It's, That's it's what I'm saying. It's completely, he, said, he said, but well, I, I, if I did they say, say that. you shouldn't Oh, okay. Drink. Sorry, yeah. I missed that part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, and, it's a come different. On, man. It's get a, in the game. Uh, get in the game. I stopped right. at a green light today. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, even, even saying, like, it's different to have, and it doesn't make the weaker or the stronger, I think, you know, sometimes you could use that in a poor way of because I know a lot of very faithful, very strong in the faith. Right. Men who and they're have, not weaker brothers. They're not weaker brothers. They're, they have very strong consciences about things. And I would say that they're stronger in the faith yeah. than I am. Right. But that same person is not going to approach me and say, hey, you shouldn't be doing this unless they can point to scripture and say, that's right. This is why you shouldn't that's, be doing this. But that's a person who has the correct understanding. Yes. There are some men who think that they can rule everyone's consciences. We're outside all, of scripture. Outside of scripture. Yeah. We all yeah. are guilty of it. Okay. So oh, let's yeah. let's let's not like just point the fingers. We're all guilty of it. Like, okay, it, it, let's go beyond eating and drinking. Okay. There is a conviction of a lot of people, I mean, that you should homeschool your kids definitely. Hands down homeschool them, no other option. Okay. There's other people that have their kids in private, public school, whatever. There's judgment there in the church. Oh yeah. And you know, um, that's not clear in scripture. I mean, we could say, well, it's wisdom or whatever, but that's, it's still not in scripture. And so we all, struggle in different ways. The reason why I just pointed out that one is just something different than eating and drinking or, you know, honoring of days. It's, it's the same thing. We, we all struggle with this in our mind when we have our personal convictions that we think is wisdom and we apply scripture the best that we can, but we cannot point at a scripture that says definitely hands down this, right? 
Yeah. And so we need to have grace and and unity with our brothers and sisters in Christ and not pass judgment. I mean, Christ is the only one that obviously um, that, okay, so Paul says, you know, who are you to judge another one's, another servant? We're all servants of Christ. And the, the promise that we have in Christ and that he points to is to say, stop judging people because guess what? The Lord will make them stand. If they're his child, he will make them stand. So stop trying to be their conscience. So, I mean, that's what basically Paul's getting at. And yeah, nobody's been designated the job conscience police. No, I can't stand it, honestly. Um, it, it, yeah, it can, it can get very it, it, frustrating it, sometimes. It doesn't mean that you can't have conversations, by the that's, way. Yeah, that's not what we're talking like, about. There's a, there's a we, definite difference between that and then like being looked at like you're almost like a sub-level Christian because maybe you watch like The Office or something, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's there's things that, you know, we could be like, well, I, you know, like. And we are all guilty of it. I, I do want to preface that. I don't, you know, be like, oh, I've never done that. No, that's not true. We all do it. But it's just something to watch out for. And, yeah. Um, it's something that all of us could correct and all of us are convicted about because we all do it and have done it. Um, I think I think a lot of it comes from probably not assuming the best of the other person. So I think it, a yes. lot of it comes, which, I mean, you could say, you know, being judgmental or whatever you want to call it, but it's looking at the other person, whether, you know, like I said, strong or whatever conviction and going, I know better. And that's your only argument, you know, it's like, yeah, I mean, you're taking what you see as wisdom and you're applying it. Um, and maybe you're even right. Who knows? I mean, the thing is, is, um, Paul's like, don't get into all that. Like the bottom line is, is everything that we need to know is clear. Every conviction that we need to know about, that's a real conviction. That's a real sin. That's just clear as day is in the Bible. We don't have to argue over, right? Um, but it is quite clear that people disagreed on eating and drinking and all that and had different views on it. And he's like, Hey, stop tearing each other down. Y'all are here to build one another up. And so instead of judging, instead of like pointing out different things of like, man, that guy listens to something that I would never listen to, or maybe he, he drinks, man, he drinks bourbon. Really? Like, how about building that person up? Like getting to know him a little bit and like blessing them with, something <laughs> yeah like good fellowship encouragement um if all you're going to do is just point to them and say well i i think you're doing wrong you know like i said you can have conversations about there's men that i know that disagree with me on certain things and i disagree with them on certain things but we can have the conversation and leave and still be encouraged by one another but those same men also realize it's conscience issues and it's it, it deals yeah. with can you do it i mean it's pretty it's at the end of the chapter is where it really, really is where it's at. It's where the the meat is. Is like whatever is not done of faith is sin. Right. So if you're not convinced. So so maybe you that that brother might not be able to drink bourbon in faith, but the other one can. And so since in in to the glory of God in their mind, well, I can't do that. Yeah. There's just an assumption that nobody can. Right. And that's where, if I, again, we all do this, but I, I know that's how it works because it's exactly what I've done. It's exactly what we've all done. Of like, Well, we, you know, let's... <laughs> there's some people that would say that guy doesn't drink bourbon and thinks that he can't, so he's a legalistic person. Yeah. We, we do that. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah. so there's judgment that goes the other way. And, so, and there's also an assumption of, like, there's no way anybody could do x y or z to in faith of like right that's just unredeemable and 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 in some cases that might be true in some cases that's definitely true i think if if you're watching game of thrones and you're like well i can do this no you can't i'm sorry no you can't like that's crap but 
there well, are other things that it's kind of pornographic, isn't it? Well, that's my point. Yeah. Like, but but that's yeah, that's, porn's not acceptable. Exa- exactly. <laughs> but there's some people um, who would say, "Well, it's a constitution." No, it's not. But there are other things like, like, you know, other shows or whatever that are that aren't like that that do fall in line of the conscious issues. You can't you, and you can't just broad brush everything. You know. Yeah. And and we've talked about this before too. If even, I think there needs to be more talk of shaping your conscience to an extent of you should be examining your conscience through scripture scripture yeah you yep. should like because so often i grew up in situ like culture of you know it's like a lot of conscience so-called conscience issues yeah were based off of tradition oh yeah so then I was raised. Yeah, I mean, and yeah. no fault of like I'm not saying my parents did a bad thing or anything that they were like super legalistic or anything. But yeah, I was raised with like, hey, you better not listen to rock and roll music, secular music at all. That's a sin. Uh, you know, it's like that's just legalism, um, and that isn't. Here, here's the thing: is basically, and, and even just just quick point, even if so, the person who you know is in that situation and listens to the rock and roll and then has a guilty conscience that guilty conscience might not be it's not from the lord it, from the lord yeah it might just be a guilty conscience because you're going you're letting, against it's it's, yeah. it's basically i'm letting my friends down i'm letting this person yeah. you know um it, you're you're not convinced by scripture you're convinced by your friends yes so your conscience should be bound by scripture and that's key if it, if you're going to have your your conscience um, pricked, it needs to come through scripture, not something that is verified. Here, here, here's the thing. When we, when we go away from scripture for our convictions and for our conscience issues, here's the problem. That's very subjective. We're emotional. We don't know how to even, we don't even know our intentions half the time. I mean, we don't like only God knows our intentions and he only knows our heart. Like we don't even know ourselves as well as we could i mean we don't god does but the thing is is scripture reveals who we truly are and reveals our situation and reveals who god is and scripture will give us the guidelines and then that rules over our conscience and so a lot of brothers in christ that you talk to who struggle with assurance issues who wonder if they're saved or not it's usually a a lot of times it's over the fact that they have a guilty conscience over things that the devil's just accusing them of that's not even legitimate like and I mean, just trying to take joy away from the yeah, Christian. trying to take joy yeah. out of like, hey, you you can't do that, you can't do this, you can't do that. I mean, just like basically, making it legalistic. He, he, what he'll do is he'll try to just make you feel condemned no matter what you do. That's right. And so, like for the person, what Paul is saying for the person who drinks, let's just say bourbon because that's just the easy one, right? Person who drinks bourbon in faith and thankfulness to God and gives thanks to God God for it and not harming their brother in doing it, the man. Cheers. I mean, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, and More then glory the, to God. Yeah. The, the, and the person who came out of alcoholism, who knows that they could struggle with that. And I'm just giving a, for instance, this is just a random example. And they're like, I don't feel comfortable touching that thing. I've seen it destroy lives. I don't want to be around it. Praise God. Because that person also is serving the Lord and doing what's right. Um, now, that does get a little bit uh, confusing in a sense because that does kind of like, okay, well, where's the scripture that says that drinking is wrong or whatever? But that person realizes that it's not necessarily something that's scriptural. It's a personal conviction that they might fall into it again or that it would do harm. We all tend to our, you know, tend to certain sins. Um, you know, so you're not going to put certain things in your life that'll lead you back to that. So is it sin to have social media? No. But if you had problems looking at pornography through the means of social media, you're not going to have social media. Your conscience isn't going to allow you to have social media where someone else's might. 
Well, that's what, yeah. It's not clear in scripture it's, that you can't have social media. So I, I guess something that we do need to clear up because we said, all right, your conscience needs to be bound by scripture. Okay. But there is some kind of gray areas here. And that's what I'm getting at is, yes, it's bound by scripture, but it's what, okay. So maybe you have these uh, beliefs outside of scripture that you don't want to do these things because the wisdom behind it is it keeps me from or it protects someone in my house or from it. Like, you know what I'm saying? So there are instances and it's like, okay, well, yeah, but at the same time, they're not, this is where they would be wrong. They're not wrong for having that conviction. Where they'd be wrong is condemning other people for not. And so let's be clear. I I don't want to say that like there isn't some scenarios where like, okay, well, social media is not in the Bible, obviously. So that's going to be a wisdom issue. It's going to be a conscience issue, but it should always be bound to the concepts in scripture and what we're looking to accomplish. And we do have that in scripture. Um, If you're thinking that you're earning salvation, or if you think that you're earning anything before God, not through faith in Christ, then good luck. Um, That's when it's wrong. And at the same time, if you're destroying people, your brothers in Christ, because you will just do anything in front of them because you have your freedom to, and it's scriptural freedom, but you know you're tearing people down, the man, you, that's not right either. Um, and so, again, we all, all fell into this, and thank goodness we have Christ that we can look at, and he will make us stand. That's the great promise that Paul points to is he will make us stand. Um, I don't really have anything else. I mean, you got anything I want to add? Seek unity. That's what I think. I think all this is about is just yeah. It's I unity. mean, yeah. You know, constantly remind that we're all bought with Christ. We shouldn't seek to destroy each other. Um, you know, we're supposed to be of the same mind, the same, the same body, same spirit. Um, I think dwelling on that help helps with this. Um, you're not gonna. You know, dwelling dwelling on that and having a judgmental heart don't really seem to they don't go together. So, no, when we look at our brothers and sisters in Christ, we should see um, somebody who was bought with the precious blood of Christ. Yep. Easy, it's easy to forget that because on the outside you see, you know, you see a man. Right? Well, yeah, we we, yeah, we see the know, faults. You see, we see the yeah, faults, we, and that's and that's just we it. see the speck in their eyes while yeah, we have the big that's log. What I was and we do it, so we, and we do it to I, ourselves as well. We're, we're we're guilty of it, and that's thank yeah. thank God for Christ and and His grace and the fact that He still brings flawed people together in the church and somehow brings unity. <laughs> I mean, through the gospel, um, that's the only hope that we have. Is that let us look to Christ. Let us believe in him and what he's doing, and then let's do everything that we do in faith. And if you can't do it in faith, if you can't do it in a good conscience in faith of what Scripture says, then don't do it. Then it's sin. Yep. But if if you're good with Scripture, Scripture's conf- okay with you on it, your conscience is clear, and you're doing it in, to the glory of God, and you're giving thanks to God in it, then, man, enjoy it. I don't mind saying that. Yep. Um, yeah. So speaking of, uh, enjoying things. Yeah. Album dropped this week. Yep. Well, by the uh, time that this gets posted. Oh it'll yeah. It'll be a few weeks, but yep. Ed Sheeran's new album. Um, man, what's, oh, subtract. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of them mathematizing. Yeah. He's, he's had kind of a theme of albums of, <laughs> I think the first one was, was plus then he's had, Multiply, divide, equals, and sub- this is subtract. A little bit of the backstory of the album. Uh, he's been working on this album for like 10 years. Uh, and then 2022 happened, and that year was like uh, filled with a lot of uh, just hardship for him. So he basically scrapped the whole album. I think he kept the songs that he had originally wrote. I'm pretty sure he'll release them later. But scrapped the whole album and kind of just wrote a whole bunch of new songs and recreated the album from pretty much top to bottom uh, and it's about that so if you haven't liked his previous albums which if you haven't I don't they're really good I don't know why you wouldn't but what's wrong yeah, with exactly. your people but if you <laughs> haven't for some reason you know you might like this one because there it's not like his other stuff 
Um, it's pretty. There is no poppy stuff in it. It's pretty real. It's pretty raw. It's just. It's. I mean, it's about his wife and kids and all this. It's stuff. it's one. <laughs> it's one album by Ed Sheeran that. <laughs> we just got through talking about the subject, but <laughs> I'm gonna say this. So have grace in the way I say it. You really shouldn't have any conscience issues listening to it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, it, truly, it, it, it is in a, a sense. It is a one hundred percent clean album. And honestly, if a Christian had wrote this album, I, I could have been like, "Well, okay." Well, I I'm not saying that like all of his outlooks on things are Christian. No, it's not. No, but what I'm saying is, is I really appreciate the fact that he went through some stuff, and there is a lot of biblical truth in what he writes, especially when it comes to his marriage. Yeah, he has a very biblical view of marriage. I mean, he talks about and uh, and life in the womb. And yeah, he kids. talks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's definitely whether he admits it or not. We were talking about this. He's definitely going to be pro life, probably against abortion, just about the way he's talked about his kids and his wife, but also even the way he views his marriage. I mean, he talks about. Uh, I can't remember if this is actually in one of the songs or if it was. He released a documentary too, and I watched that. But uh, I mean, he talks about his wife like coming together in marriage and becoming one. Like that is a extremely that is a. I mean, that's Bible. <laughs> that's no, where it was. That. Um, it was in the documentary, and he did say he said, "You know, you're working together, and when you get married, it's almost like you become one." And I'm like, "Hey, that's a scripture to that." Um, yeah, and it's kind of it, uh, there's a part to it that's really cool. There's also a part to it that's kind of sad because it just it made me realize he's got so much and he doesn't have the main thing, which is yeah, no, the it's, gospel. So it actually just made me want to pray for his family. But <laughs> but uh, it's, man. I mean, he he's, he came out with a live album that ex- he tells stories behind the songs. So, I don't know. We've all listened to the album several times. So we want to go around and say our favorite song. We could do that. So, you want to start? I, I, I listen to it. I You know, it's kind of changed. Kind of the couple times I've listened, the few times I've listened to it, it's like almost like every time I listen to it, I have another favorite song because of the lyrics. Yep. One of my, but my, as far as like lyrics, probably the strongest song on there is No Strings. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. No Strings is basically, he talks about his marriage and you go through the ups and downs and it doesn't matter. There's no strings here. I'm going to love you. I mean, he's basically saying, I've set my love on you and I'm going to continue to love you. Yep. Um, and it doesn't matter how this goes like if, I, if we're having bad day bad weeks bad year it doesn't matter essentially is what he's saying and it's refreshing hearing someone i, I guess we could just say common grace right yeah because he's he's not a believer as far as we know i mean i don't think there's any reason to believe that he is necessarily but he has a lot of the common grace that are biblical concepts that he seems to apply and it's just nice seeing somebody who's not politically driven and just singing good music with good lyrics that deal with difficult situations and difficult things in life. Yeah. I I appreciate the album. That's I, all I'll, I'll I'll album. Two two of the two songs that I both of them weren't my favorite when I listened to the album the first time and now they kind of are. One of them's dusty, although I love the meaning of the song. Sound like it's still a good sounding song, just compared to the rest of it. It's not my favorite, but Colorblind. He gives them the backstory of that, and he that was uh, gonna be my other. Yeah, Colorblind's so good. He talks about, and it's a very similar, very similar to what you were saying. So in the backstory, he basically says, in a marriage, you're gonna have days that are are blue and kind of just meh. You're gonna have uh, days that are uh, red and just. You know, you're angry and you're mad at your spouse. You're going to have days that are, uh, you know, really, really passionate or whatever. You're going to have days that are, you know, it just goes ups and up and down. But he's like, when you have uh, the right view of how to love your spouse, you can kind of see past all that and you kind of become colorblind. So uh, you still love that person no matter what color. You're feeling that day or what they're in. And I was like, man, that's that's awesome. And uh, and that's how it should be when you argue with your, uh, you know, with your spouse. And and I, I'm not married, but I've already I've kind of experienced this. Just even unmarried is like, you know, even if my me and my girlfriend are in an argument, I'm able to kind of see past the that feeling and be like, oh, I still I still love her. And 
despite the fact that we're <laughs> in our argument right now. You kind of see past well, the, the, all that. I've been married for almost 20 years, and if we ever do get into an argument, because we've never been in an argument, ever. No. No. Not once. I haven't ever seen y'all. Even and if, not even close. And <laughs> if, if we ever did, I, I don't think I'd see past it. I'm kidding. <laughs> you said that so seriously at first. I, uh, I almost. I see all colors. Yeah, <laughs> you've seen all of them. Yeah. He he's been around our house quite a bit. Yeah. Um, no, man, I think I think you uh, make me sound like a violent. <laughs> <laughs> you never seen us like argue. <laughs> no, no, I'm totally kidding. Um, um, but I mean, I've always had a ton of respect for Ed Sheeran just as a musician, and. Not this documentary. I haven't watched this documentary yet, but the last one that it was also um, really good. Yeah, that he did <laughs> on the cool. last, al- not the last album. I, guess I think it, it came out Divide era. Yeah. It was Divide. It was the documentary on Divide. And there's one before that that YouTube did. Yeah. That was pretty good too. And that's when I gained a lot of respect for Ed Sheeran was I watched the YouTube one after the Divide one. And in that one, he's talking about stuff like, oh, it's like childhood. Mm-hmm. And he's like saying lyrics this is like i don't know five or six years before he wrote the songs for divide yeah and he's saying lyrics to the songs in divide and i was like that's just it was super cool. what yeah that's it's like you could tell cool. he actually writes from a place of and that's what gave me a ton of respect for him and there's very well, few artists so that well, and that's what's different about this album is every album you've had a song that you can tell wasn't written necessarily personally like in the sense of like Shape of You is just kind of like a generic Bob song, and like there's kind of not that it's a necessarily a bad sound. I don't love the lyrics, but it's just not. It's just okay. Same kind of with like Bad Habits and like some other stuff. This one, there is not a single song on the album that's not deeply personal and about his life specifically. Well, that's what makes it good. But also going back to like okay, Shape of You and stuff like that. Maybe you've had a problem, and I'm not trying to sell you on Ed and whatever. If you don't want to listen to him, don't listen to him. But I will say this is if you ever had a problem with his past albums as far as like, well, that song has bad meaning and that's not real good. And you don't get that on this album. Like the, you you could seriously listen to this whole album and there's n- not one country word. Nope. There's not one. It, there's not even a, a like a true love song on it. Like, I mean, yeah. I, like Colorblind no, is. Colorblind and, lo- and, and no strings. Yeah, but not. In and the sense that Dusty's like a love song to his kid. He's got two kids. Okay, so but it's not your typical like. No. There's nothing like. There's not a like his song perfect. Like there's not. There's not one even of those. anything really questionable in it. I, I think in one of the songs he's talking about people who. I think it's the end of youth, which is another great song. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Um, it's so good. he talks about going through pain and basically when you have to deal with like tragedy, it kind of ends your youth. Um, and you feel like you've lost your youth at that point. Not bad lyrics. Um, it talks about drinking some. It, it, it talks about somebody trying to drink and take drugs to do away with the pain. But he's not talking about himself, actually. He's actually talking about other people that have written to him and stuff like that yep. and giving him stories. So, again, if if you have a problem with that, fine. But Overall, I think that's the only thing that could even possibly be questionable on the album. Again, I'm not his spokesperson. I'm not trying to get you to listen. I mean, to him. even I just think it's even really good. the the very yeah. first song on the album, it's called "Boat," and he's talking about just all the stuff he's going through. Um, and uh, but the waves won't break my boat. I mean, like that's a you can you can listen to this album. I've I've listened to this album and from the Christian perspective been able to see oh perseverance of the saints perseverance of the saints perseverance right he didn't mean it that way he didn't mean it that way <laughs> but that's but that's how you can take it as a christian because he's writing about suffering i mean for those who don't know i mean his is so the way that i listen to secular music if i you know is i'm not, and I'm, some of it's trash i, I you don't yeah, no, some you of it's don't bad. listen you know i'm not saying i listen to like just garbage but um if the lyrics are irredeemable fine but there's nothing to redeem out of them in my opinion, I whatever. But the way that I try to listen to secular music typically is to see the truths. If somebody's singing about, I will never, you know, sing it to a woman, and he's talking about, I will never forsake you. I'll never do anything wrong to hurt you. And it's like, yes, you will, but you're actually singing to a woman's heart that only 
God can provide. Like, yep. Only God's the only one that's not going to forsake you. And you can see. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, it, the way that I view it is like, you're speaking to the, to the, as people would say, the famous quote, the God shaped hole in somebody's heart. You know, people love being told these things, but they're not going to the source to get it, which I mean, is God. An, ex- an example of exactly that. He's got a song called Sycamore and Sycamore is about basically you're, a tree. He talks about yeah. It's about, it's about trees. trees. But he, he talks about being you're you're born Oak. you're born into love. Essentially he's like you you know, when you're born you're loved by your parents and hopefully he says, Hopefully you die that way. I listened to that song and kind of thought I was like, Well, if you're a Christian, you were born with the love of God on you. Whether you were saved yet, well you weren't saved yet, but you you know, even though you're not saved at that exact moment when you're just coming out of the womb, uh God's already placed his love on you from eternity past. And uh, you die in that same state with God's love on you. Uh, now, he sanctified you and all this stuff, and, you know, this stuff happens in the middle, and I understand Are that, you saying that you didn't have God's wrath on you at any point? <sighs> you, just, you, just had to, you just had to blow this up. You know you know exactly what I mean. But I'm kidding. No, I know you're kidding. But, uh, okay, uh, so I get what you're saying. But you get my point, you know, and that's what I'm, t- that's you, what we're saying, is well, you can you, listen to these, this you, you music. You can even bring it to salvation, say when you were saved, God to love us, whatever, it, you, I, I I believe that you were loved before, but anyway. You, well, yeah. For all those well, hardcore. You, you, would, you, would, you would have to be loved before if you saved you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously. But anyway, that's getting into deep theology. I don't want to get into it. Yeah, I yeah, know. That's um, not the point. The point was is you can just kind of listen to music and then. I actually listened to this album and fully understood the doctrines of grace. <laughs> He's like, dude, I was an Arminian before yeah, I listened to this album. Now I, I was an Arminian. <laughs> Ed Sheeran, man, who knew? Yeah. Calvinist. You know, you know. Also, this is that would be awesome. It's still on Ed Sheeran, but uh, what really sold me on Ed Sheeran, which I always, I always liked his music, but uh, oh, he's a fantastic writer. Was when I watched a video. I think it was my sister in law actually showed me a video of him playing live mm-hmm. with a loop track. Yeah, he's awesome. No, that's what he does. I think the first award show he went to. That's all he he uses at his concerts now. And just makes a loop track, and I was like, sold. Like, that's that's just so cool. He's the one that started that. There's other people that do it. Yeah, because basically what what a lot of bands do is that, you know, you might have bands who get up and play, and the the guitarist really plays the guitar, the singer really sings, the, the drummer really plays the drums, but... Maybe all the synth stuff and maybe some of the beats back. I want to see a drummer not really play yeah. the drums. <laughs> like pull he's back just, and never he hit just it. just never actually hits it. But maybe some of the... He just stands some there and the, sound effects. Some of the other stuff that you hear in the background Woo! is... Yeah, like that. Is uh, That's a track that's just played back. Ed, Ed Sheeran cr- builds the track live. So what he'll do is he'll... He'll make the beat with the guitar by by hitting the bass of the strings, and then he'll mute all the strings and kind of run his fingers across. It makes kind of a snare sound. So he'll build the beat, he'll build the melody, he'll build all the other stuff, and then he'll just loop it. Uh, and he can stop and play it whatever he wants. And so yeah, he's a garbage musician. He's yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but he uh, basically he's a one guy that he's a one man band, one man band. But because of the way he does a loop pedal, he sounds like it's ten. Yeah. yeah, and he will play with a band sometimes. But he does sometimes. Yeah, the, well, the loop track stuff is cool. Uh, on the Apple Music thing, he plays with the, the whole only orchestra. Time he's, yeah. it's the only time he's ever done that. Um, um, another, I think that just shows. I think like true talented artists, and you see that even with like, um, you know, Twenty One Pilots dropped their MTV Live Unplugged or whatever. Yeah, and they, they did kind of the same. They thing. do a lot of similar stuff of where they they use loop tracks and stuff and yeah and he yeah. even and he even said this is kind of where i figured that out was that normally they they have backtracks so yeah yeah um it's pretty cool how about another segment let's do it all right y'all gotta have a question last time i came up with it one of y'all have to have one it's gotta be one of y'all y'all got nothing what's the name of second making you gotta me um <laughs> what am i, I here for um, yeah. we will do, um, what should a man do? Yeah. I have one. Let me think about it. Man, come on. Yeah. No, I had one at the start of the podcast and I forgot it. I should have wrote it down. Are you serious? Yeah. 
This is this is terrible. <laughs> what would a man do if he met Ed Sheeran? What? Um. I mean, I'd ask him to sign me. I was about to say sign your <laughs> sign what your forehead. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's terrible. But <laughs> um. Okay. Nothing. Y'all got nothing. Like seriously. Uh, I'm like, gonna lie, I haven't been thinking about it. <laughs> I forgot. Oh man, you are. This got, is, you got me distracted now. Yeah. This is a terrible podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> Look. Um. Okay. So, what should a man do? I think we've done one segment like that so far. Yeah. Okay. The bear. The bear. The bear Mullins on one. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, here, here's one. Fine. I got one. What should a man do? Uh. If he, and this has happened to, to all of us probably, when you uh, ask a woman, like, oh, when are you due that she's not pregnant? Um, you go jump off a cliff. <laughs> it's, um, it's like the worst thing ever. <laughs> you, just if so it happens bad. at church, you withdraw your membership and go join another church. <laughs> you so you never have to see the person again. Yeah. Um, I mean, quick answer is you just double down. No, you're pregnant. No. no, 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 no. You don't have to go with pregnant. You said, when are you due? Oh. You can, oh. You can double down. You just got to outsmart the person. When are you due? I'm not pregnant. I mean your library books. No, you just say something crazy. Like, you look constipated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, do? oh, gas. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I didn't assume pregnancy. <laughs> just assume normal bloating. <laughs> normal bloating. Wow. Um, I mean, yeah. I meant for your late weight loss regimen. <laughs> what? So, okay. How, how about this one? How Don't do any one? of the things we're saying. By the way, <laughs> just just hang your head low and walk off. That's yeah. all you can do. Honestly, that's. Yeah, for one, but when, no, actually, say she, when she I, says I'm not pregnant, say yeah, me either. <laughs> Walk away. Actually, yeah. but here's the thing. So that's odd thing. Please to say. don't ever be dumb enough as a man to ever do that unless you have been told by the husband or that. Well, the problem woman, is, is in in church circles, sometimes people would would will tell you, oh, she's pregnant when she's not, and then you think you have nah. that go ahead. Oh, it's happened to me. No, it hasn't. Yes, it has. I still woman at I don't, checkout I, one time. I have to. I have to know. Like yeah. I've, I've learned. I was very confident. I was like sixteen. I was. Oh well, at you're a sixteen year old idiot. Sixteen year olds are always confident. And I, and I'm pretty sure I didn't say when are you due. I think I said congratulations. By the way. Okay. And she said, "What for?" And I said, "Nothing." Swipe my card and I, I've got one for y'all. What should a man do if he's been walking around a nice get together? Like everybody's dressed up. You're all dressed up. Everybody's really nice. It's a ballroom type deal, right? And somebody comes over to you and says, your fly's down. Okay. Here's this is the reason why I say, do you go instantly to, <laughs> or do you like, to go ahead and fix the problem right then and there, like in front of everyone, or do you walk off to a corner <laughs> and hide yourself? Oh, here's what you do is you you immediately check how exposed am I right now? <laughs> because <laughs> sometimes it's not that bad and others it's pretty rough. And then based on that assessment, you decide what to do. Typically, you fix the problem immediately, though. Yeah, I would say fix the problem. I say you just be bold about it and say it's just it's just the outfit. Yeah. <laughs> new style. I'm just kidding. It's new like, style. I got a little hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or back to the other scenario, you just double down and just maybe you know just just what fly? What well, are you talking about? You think I, I own pet flies? <laughs> what kind of freak could do that? What are you talking about? Hey, man. Why are you looking at me? Yeah. First off, <laughs> why's my fly down? He's depressed. I guess I don't know. <laughs> wow, we are tired. Um, yeah, I apologize for this episode. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, all right, I got. One. 
You got one? Yeah. Because so far, mine's been, that mine was lame. Yeah. It was I, lame. I got okay one. I can't, I still can't remember the one. I should have wrote it down. I had a good one and then, you know, conscience issues. But, <laughs> 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 out of context, that sounds <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, so, what should a man do if your girlfriend or wife comes to you and asks you, to shave your fantastic mustache. If your wife comes and says you should shave your fantastic mustache. Or girlfriend, whichever one. Depends on how adamant she is about it. It's Is this like I would prefer you to shave it or no, I'm not going to kiss know you those guys until you shave it? Who have like the really good mustaches. Yeah, I think that that's um, up to the man um, <laughs> in the sense that, okay... <laughs> If you're married, okay, there's a there's there might be some consequences if you don't. That's what I'm. That's what I was getting. I mean, at. I, I'm just saying, like she might not kiss you for until you shave it, and if, I mean, if that's the trade off, the mustache is worth it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you might be proving a point, man. Yeah, but it won't last long. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I I've never been a mustache guy, so. I haven't either. And I don't have a problem shaving my beard. Like, I, I have, like, scruff, and I shave it every once in a while. I'm the I'm only like, one at the, to the table that has, like, a full-grown beard. Like, a, a beard. like, I always have, like, scruff. And, and my girlfriend doesn't yeah. like it when I shave it. Um, You know, it needs to be at least. It's because like, it hides your face. Yeah, that's why I'm just She kidding. thinks I'm horribly <laughs> so, so you ugly. could flip that of what if she came to you and asked you to shave it? To shave it? Yeah. Clean uh, shave. I, I wouldn't we'll have think. a problem with that because honestly, this I go back and forth. Beards are kind of annoying. I'm not gonna lie. Like they're they're manly. They are manly, but they're annoying. I just get to the point where I don't want to shave every two days, so I just let it grow until it gets out of hand and then just shave it. Completely. Here's the problem, you so, know, is we talk about women having to like, you know, they groom everything and they, you know, they, they make sure that their eyebrows are plucked and they do their hair all fancy. When you're getting to that point with your beard like you really have to like comb through it and put all these oils in it and really, man, I'm sorry, it's it's too much. It's, it is too yeah, much. It's too much. That's why I just kind of keep scruff. I mean, there's like a there's a. I don't have to like work. Yeah. Anyway, we're done. You know what I mean? Well, she, she's well, like I she's like shave your mustache and like hey shave your legs. All right. You know what? <laughs> On that note, double down. Double down. down. Yeah, double down. Double down every time. Double down no matter what. You're not wrong. Never admit that you're wrong. Ever. Ever. Just one right. That's what a man would do. It'll work out for you every time. Every time. Perfect. You take that to the bank. We're out. (laughs) 